Welcome to episode 156 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversations with Sycamore trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all of the podcast players or by going to sycamore.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us in Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. Our sponsor this week is PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners as well as custom training options for organizations. On today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Waco Hoover, an entrepreneur and investor with over 20 years of experience in venture capital, M&A, entertainment media, and live events. He served in the U.S. Marine Corps from 1997 to 2001 as an infantry Marine, combat water survival instructor, and infantry scout. He is currently the chair of the Be The One initiative for the American Legion, an initiative whose goal it is to eliminate stigma related to mental health treatment and, in turn, lower the number of veterans who die by suicide. You can find out more about Waco by checking out his bio on our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with him and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. Waco, so glad to be able to have a conversation with you today and talk about the American Legion's Be The One campaign. Before we get into that, I'd like to provide you an opportunity to share a bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about this work. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dwayne. I really appreciate being here. I'm a Marine Corps veteran myself, grew up in a military family, dad served, grandparents served, father served two tours of Vietnam, 82nd Airborne. To say that his experience and how he interacted with our family growing up left an indelible mark on me is an understatement. They always say you get some really great things from your, your parents and some things that, uh, they, that you'd like to give back in some instances. Growing up with that, despite all that, I still joined the Marine Corps. When I was thinking about service, my dad said, hey, son, I support you with whatever you do. But whatever you do, don't join the Marine Corps. And I joined the Marine Corps. So that, that was, you know, that took me through my, when I was a young person, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I served in the late 90s. I was an infantry Marine. Everything I did, you know, in the Marine Corps that didn't learn a lot that was super transferable to going to school and NYU is where I did my, my undergrad. And since then, I ended up getting into media, technology, live entertainment, been a founder, entrepreneur, now investor most of my career in healthcare, do a lot around IP, intellectual property and patents. Also, like I said, uh, live entertainment and gaming, things of that nature. And what's really interesting, I think, about this whole journey is I've always come back to being involved in supporting the military in some way, shape, or form. I had a bit of a gap, eight or nine years once I got out where I wasn't super close to military-specific initiatives, but always had a lot of friends that were still serving and served to this day. But I, suicide prevention, mental health were really some of the first things that I leaned back into. And I was drawn to that, A, because anybody who served in the military, we've lost close friends and, and a lot of people who weren't friends were peripherally. And so you see it firsthand, the impact on yourself in terms of how that hits you, the impact of families, how it impacts them, and what's left in the aftermath and also losing that person first and foremost. And then the other piece of it is just knowing what I know now, looking at how I think I could have helped my father so much more being able to guide him into the resources that are available now and today. He passed in 2012. We were fortunate enough to 
have a really great relationship at the end, the last 10, 10, 15 years of his life. So we got to say all the important things to each other and nothing was left out there, fortunately. But that being said, it, it's something that there's still a lot of time you, you, you don't get back. And for me, anything that we can do like as a system and as a community to ensure that there are dramatically less people that lose people that they love that have to deal with the aftermath of suicide, but also just how we can support our veterans who experience a lot of a lot of trauma, to put a mileage like in my dad, the Vietnam era guys and, and, and women that came back. So that to me is one of the that's one of the big reasons why I'm really passionate about we cannot sit around and continue to do the same things that we have for the past two and a half, three decades, because it's not working. The data tells us it's not working. And so we need to take counterintuitive approaches to this. We can't be afraid to have hard conversations and we can't be afraid to blow up the status quo, figuratively speaking, of course. Anyway, it's like I said, it's something for me that uh, is really important that there's a sense of urgency with this in terms of how we get after this problem. And I think the other thing is that I'll close with is historically, we've leaned in and relied heavily on the government and philanthropy to solve this problem. And I think we've completely missed the opportunity to engage the private sector and encourage the private sector to help tackle some of these huge problems facing us. And what I mean by that is entrepreneurs solve the greatest problems facing our society, culture, and you name it. And I think there are some ways and mechanisms that we can empower that the smartest, most brilliant, passionate people that have tackled other big issues and aim them at this huge problem facing our community. And you only have to solve a small problem facing veteran active duty service members, families to, to build a really incredible business. The whole notion of doing well while doing good is something I think we need a lot more of in the military community to really round out how we can finally make a dent in suicide prevention. No, I absolutely agree. That concept, and especially emerging probably over the last 10 or 15 years of corporate social responsibility, right? The corporations being able to, or, or businesses being able to, to, to access this fight. Uh, going back to your story, it's interesting in that your story is unique to you, and also yet it is very common to a lot of multi-generational service members, up to it, including myself, who also had yeah. a father who served in Vietnam, three of his brothers. But that idea of, I experienced probably a lot of the same things you did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s with the Vietnam era. But I think that it's interesting for you now that, that you're engaged in the American Legion and you are now a generation, like we, we think of a lot of the legacy VSOs of, of veterans of older generations. And now you're a member of the subsequent generation that are now getting involved in the American Legion. Before we start talking about Be The One, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about you, about what drew you to the American Legion and carrying on that legacy? Yes, it's a really great question. I really got active with the American Legion about two years ago. And I, what drew me in was the leadership team, the chief marketing officer, Dean Kessel there, who is a civilian, but he comes from a background in corporate America, ESPN, Lowe's, I think ran the Sprint Cup series, the NASCAR for a long time. And so you know, he has a very different lens than I think a lot of traditional Legion leadership in there. And two, so that, and that resonates with me. Let's look at these complex problems and let's not be afraid to flip the process on its head. The whole notion of why are we doing it this way? Well, because we've always done it that way. It's completely unacceptable. And so when I look at the Legion, I think we're a 105 year old organization at this point, 
have an incredible history of solving the biggest problems facing the veteran community and, and service members and families. And I want nothing more than to see the organization to be around, to be relevant for another 105 years. But in order to do that, we've got to make sure that we are focusing on what matters to this younger generation of warfighters, you know, post 9-11, the GY era. And in order to do that, we've got to make sure that we're building facilities, that we're leading the programs that resonates with them. And the simple fact of the matter, and this isn't any secret, is that there is definitely a generational shift that has occurred. And the old way of how posts were set up was not something I think that a lot of younger demographics want to lean into. We wanted things with our families, more active, outdoors, and so on. And so there are some amazing department states around the country with posts that are doing just incredible work in terms of that transformation. So it's happening right before our eyes. And to me, that's the biggest reason why I think that it's absolutely incredible that we support these institutions that have been around for over a century supporting us. And not only that, but the credibility and the platform that the Legion has, the voice that we have, we'd be completely remiss to not take advantage of that and use that to make sure that the, the new programs represent this next generation of warfighters that are going to be around for the next 20 years that have come 20 years before us. And so again, like I said, uh, it, to me, it's just a really important thing that we preserve that legacy and make sure that the organization continues to be relevant for years to come. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking of. You have the structure, you have the organization. And really, if we think about the last two generations, the Vietnam generation and then ours and even subsequent generations now that this is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And like you mentioned, the Legion has been a leader in advocating for veterans in our nation for decades. It's taken a lot of forms, but the one that you're involved with as the chairman of the Be The One campaign is something that is, let's say, relatively new. What can you tell us about Be The One? Sure. One point of correction is uh, we call it the Be The One platform. And we're specific about that. Campaigns have a start and end date, mm -hmm. and this doesn't. And the reason why is because it is arguably the number one issue facing veteran community and military community today, and that's of suicide prevention and the rapid, unacceptable rate that our brothers and sisters are taking their own lives. And so Be The One is all about, it started about two years ago. The first part, first phase one was really creating awareness within our community and also a partnership that we have with IndyCar to create awareness for this issue and also provide resources across the country in 15 different markets every single year that there are veteran service officers that can help you, whether it's if you're dealing with a mental health crisis, if you're trying to get your benefits, all these things that ultimately weigh in on your overall well-being as an individual. And so Be The One is all about each and every one of us being the one to be cognizant of how we can help somebody who might be struggling. And that's obviously easier said than done, but it, all it takes is asking a question, being inquisitive, and sending a text, a phone call. There are countless stories anecdotally that I know personally, and I'm sure you do too, and across our community that people have of, you know what, I, I literally just randomly reached out to somebody and that conversation pulled somebody out of a really dark place and they're still here with us today. Because the run-up to where somebody gets to a place where their life is not worth living can take some time. But the actual process of suicide happens very quickly. And so, again, those interventions are incredibly important, but also looking upstream at how we can utilize and create more design interventions that we have at our disposal from a community health standpoint, as opposed to 
point of crisis are going to be really important in terms of how we are successful we're dramatically reducing military veteran suicide in the years to come. One of the things that, and you'd mentioned before, it is a difficult conversation to have, but it's also a difficult conversation to have if you really don't have any basis or understanding about the research and what has been done around suicide. This isn't just a bunch of Legion members sat around and say, I think this is what we should do. You're, you're really basing the platform off of subject matter experts and partners across the country that have really done a lot of work on this. Oh, that's exactly right. We're relying on some of the foremost experts in academic research who are veterans themselves, who serve downrange, leading experts from like Dr. David Rudd, Dr. Craig Bryan, Dr. Thomas Joyner from University of Memphis, Ohio State, Florida State University, and, and, and lots and lots of others. And there's countless other institutions that we look to as it relates to different niche areas that when we're talking about this community approach. And so we, we have seven key pillars to be the one. First and foremost, really relied on that first part is a destigmatization. One of the biggest barriers to helping someone in a point of crisis or who may be going in that direction is asking for help. And the reluctance to ask for help is as much cultural as it is in policy or technology or anything that's out there. You and I both know that, let's say in my Marine units, we looked at weakness or asking for help was disgusting, just being very blunt. And that was a cultural thing from years ago, but it's something that, you know, the those same skill sets and that military mindset that lent itself to being, you know, a, a combat ready, they don't lend themselves to being a great husband, father, coworker once you transition out. And, and we all know that the transition process, there's a lot of room for improvement around that. And so destigmatization is a huge part of this because it ties into the cultural aspect of how we can support each other and be more open to someone raising their hand. And that ties back to the research piece around clinical psychology, around things like TBI and traumatic brain injury. If you misdiagnose what someone's going through, it doesn't matter how much therapy they have. It doesn't matter how much treatment they do, how many alternative therapies they go through, tech, you name it. All of that is going to be for naught because they're not going to get the actual care they need. You're actually trying to put a Band-Aid on a much larger wound that exists. And we've done that for decades now. Fortunately, we're getting ahead of that, but brain health, and, and brain health is something that's a, a relatively newer concept, we need to treat brain health just like we do if you bang up your knee. If you bang up your knee, you go to see the doc. You might get an x-ray. You might get an MRI. You might get surgery. Whatever it is, the point is that there is a very prescribed way you approach this. It's very normal that everybody accepts. Then you go through your PTA and then you're back, you're back in the fight. We still, by and large, don't treat brain health, mental health that way. Uh, again, this destigmatization piece, it requires a fundamental shift for how we think about that. And also, quite frankly, how the healthcare system coordinates and works together. So that's a big part of this. And that's the first step in all of this. Number two is suicide prevention, education, training which we are actually on February 1st, we're rolling out the first in dozens and dozens of uh, tra training programs we're doing for Legion members uh, over the next 18 to 24 months with Columbia University and their Columbia protocol. And we're gonna be doing that training. And our goal is to train about 10% of Legion members, which is almost 160,000 know, individuals. It'll be arguably one of the largest mobilization of training programs in the country. And why this is so important is because the more we can talk about these conversations, it normalizes it. It makes it 
okay and easier to ask for help, but also to understand and look for the signs and symptoms if someone is experiencing some trauma or they're not at their best self. And there's a whole host of things that can contribute to somebody not believing that their life is worth living. It's not a one size fit all uh, thing. That's a big misnomer. It could be a financial issue. It could be again, a mental health issue. It could be a brain issue. It could be family. Again, there's endless reasons that that individual is going to feel like they're stuck and they just don't know which way to go. So the training piece is critical. We're doing that virtually in person. And again, we think that's a, a pivotal step in the right direction to create more awareness around this. Um, number three is clinical research is a big part of this with 1.6 million members, another several hundred thousand and sons of the Legion and then auxiliary, which is care providers, spouses and others or over 2 million uh, members in the Legion family. Uh, that's, a, that's a big number in terms of the, uh, the, the military community that we have there. And so being able to make accessible world-class academic institutions and their research programs to our membership for the ones that they want to participate to help expand the body of knowledge for people that are going through it is absolutely critical. And the other thing that's so important about research, Dwayne, is that this is an American problem. It's not limited to the military. Granted, we have a 57% higher rate of suicide than the average American population, but this is something that's really important for us to solve. And just for, for decades, the military is often at the tip of the spear for solving these big problems. And then those lessons, and that insight that we glean from solving them, they can be applied to the, the broader population. So clinical research is, is a really important part of this. Next is an event strategy. And, and that might sound relatively mundane, but getting people together, continuing to reinforce that community, bringing new stakeholders to the table is incredibly important. And also social connections save lives. And events are one of the best ways to continue to foster that and do that and educate members of, of our community, but also perhaps more importantly, those stakeholders that are outside of our community, like employers who, who actually touch arguably way more people than uh, a lot of the VSOs and the VA, depending on where you live and, and what you do. So that's a really important aspect of this. Next, number five is legislative. We already have an amazing legislative team out of Washington, D.C. that does some tremendous work. But uh, looking from a be the one standpoint, looking at grassroots and, and local initiatives that we can do, how do we make sure that legionnaires, but even more importantly than that, just military veteran members and people who are advocates for our community have a voice at their local community, at the state level, to make sure that legislation, policies, and things that are happening locally get pushed up to the national level. There's so many incredible things from a funding standpoint that can happen locally that can impact millions and millions of lives. And so that grassroots uh, campaign is very important. Number six is the uh, what we call the, what's the Be The One Symposium, which we hosted the inaugural program last year. This is the American Legion convening some of the best and brightest from our community, but also from outside of the military community, employers, healthcare delivery systems, members from the tech community, AI, mental health, talking about what are the most impactful things that are happening now and today and that are available around mental health and suicide prevention, but then also what's absolutely incredible and what's out there that's coming down the pike that's available to us that we need to know is there that we can advocate for at a national standpoint, but then also locally as well. So that's a really important piece of the platform that takes place every year in August during our national convention, but it's a completely separate program that legionnaires, our members can come to and also external stakeholders that we work with. And then last but not least is a concept that we're still working on 
and that's called the Be The One Accelerator. And this is a program to launch and invest in very early stage companies, founders and entrepreneurs who are incredibly smart and passionate that want to solve some of the biggest problems that our community is facing. So that's around mental health, financial health, community health, again, suicide as well. This We have a massive industry and tens of billions of dollars are put into this issue year over year, but we keep we continue to get the, the same results. And so one of the ways, one of the most powerful ways that we can support how we approach this is empowering some of the smartest entrepreneurs to solve these problems from a private sector standpoint. And so we're really excited about the potential opportunity to be disruptive, to disrupt ourselves and our community, to find better ways to tackle these problems, to work hand in hand with philanthropy and also the, the, the government. You know, I, I hear all that. At first, the response is, wow, that's pretty ambitious. But the American Legion as an organization has the resources and the capacity to take something like that on. But I think that the other thing that strikes me about looking at these seven pillars is that if you walk up to anyone, veteran, non-veteran, and say, hey, do you want to stop people from dying by suicide? 9.9 times out of 10, you're good, somebody's going to say yes, but they may not know what to do. There's people like, yeah, I want to do it, but how do I get started? What does it mean? And I think that looking at this is really a way for, as you said, Legionnaires, auxiliary members to be able to say, okay, there's something within these seven pillars where I fit, that this is really sort of an organizing thing to say, hey, all of these doors are going to lead to suicide prevention, but you choose which one of these you want to engage in. That, 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 that's exactly right. And again, it's one of those things that we have collectively, the Legion has massive resources, massive reach whenever, when you factor in the 2 million plus members that, that, were, that are part of our community. But like you said, how do we give people a lane to focus on what's, what they're best suited for given their own unique backgrounds, the things that they are passionate about or they're connected to? And so when we look at all of these well-being factors, some people care more and less about these and are, and are better, best suited to approach these things. The, the well-being factors that we really touch on are mental health, physical health, spiritual health is very important, financial health, career health, family health and social connections, all of these things are crucial for when we think about upstream strategies to prevent men and women to even getting to the point of crisis. Again, by having this framework that we can allow people to lean into, it makes it more approachable to, like you said, where do you even start with something like this? So we're trying to break these things down shotgun style, good old military training term, so that people can understand how they can make an impactful distance at the local level or even the national level, depending on what they want to lead into. Yeah, no, I, I think that's amazing. So if somebody wanted to, if they're listening to this and they want to get involved, the Be The One platform, uh, how can they learn more and do that? Sure. Be the one.org that you can go to, and we've got a range of resources, information. There's also contact information that they can uh, lead into. And also simply hitting us up on social media. We've got a very active team. And if you're saying, hey, I want to get involved, mention the region you're from, and we're always routing individuals and supporters who want to do that, whether that's from a volunteer standpoint, whether that's a financial standpoint, if you're an employee at a, or executive at a large corporation that wants to make a difference, we're here to ensure that individuals and organizations can, it, can make a difference if they want to get involved in this. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And I'll make sure that the links to all of that is in the show notes. Waco, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having us. And this is, there is a sense of urgency like nothing else with this issue. When you have more than 17 men and women taking their lives every single day, it's a number that gets thrown out, but there's no other mission quite like this 
given the, the, the severity and the finality of, of this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, PsychArmor. PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. I'm glad to have been able to feature this conversation, as the American Legion is one of the most well-known and widely recognized national veteran support organizations, and it's addressing one of the most serious issues facing veterans, suicide among those who served and those who care for them. As Waco mentioned, this is not solely a problem in the military and veteran community, but at the same time, it is especially a problem in the military and veteran community. I know of no person who has served in the last 50 years who has not been exposed to losing a fellow service member or veteran to suicide. It's often the first thing that comes to mind when we hear that someone we served with has died. But I'd like to reiterate a point that Waco made. This is a very complicated problem that is not always obvious, and that makes it difficult to intervene in any particular suicide. He mentioned that the ramp-up of things that lead to suicide could take a long time. Again, financial distress, relationship distress, response to past trauma, physical health issues like traumatic brain injury or chronic pain, while at the same time, research has shown us that the actual time between a crisis that results in suicidal thoughts and engaging in suicidal behaviors is fairly short. That makes it very difficult to conduct an actual intervention unless we become aware that someone is in crisis. Then we would, of course, move heaven and hell to keep that person from dying by suicide. That's why the efforts to educate people on this and many of the other facts of suicide and develop programs that will keep life stress from increasing to the point of crisis are critical, and it's great to hear that the American Legion is joining in that effort. The other point that I would like to emphasize is the comprehensiveness of the Be The One platform and the seven pillars that Waco described. Pillar one, destigmatization. We all know stigma's there, and it's arguably better than it was, but it's still not as good as it could be. Pillar two, suicide prevention training, educating people on what suicide is, why it's important to recognize and address it, and suggestions on how to address it. That's the same approach that was taken to reduce instances of impaired driving, as in friends don't let friends drive drunk, or constant efforts related to using seatbelts to reduce the number of vehicle deaths related to a lack of seatbelt use. The third pillar, clinical research. There's a lot of research that has been done and more that needs to be done, but providing an opportunity to members of the American Legion to lend their voices and experience to ongoing research is critical. The fourth pillar, an event strategy addresses something that is known to be a particular risk factor, both in suicide in general and the veteran population in particular, isolation and disconnectedness. The fifth pillar is legislative advocacy. As Waco mentioned, this is going to require a combination of public sector, private sector, nonprofit, and governmental programs to make a difference at each of the local, state, and national level. The sixth pillar was the Be the One Symposium, which is important for knowledge sharing and demonstration of best practices. And finally, the seventh pillar is the Be the One Accelerator. For those who have effective ideas to address the complex issues that lead to suicide, this could be a way to provide the resources to develop those ideas. As I mentioned, collectively, there's something here for everyone. If you want to do something to stop suicide in the military-affiliated population, find an area that suits you and get engaged. I'm so glad that Waco joined us to share the work that the American Legion is doing, and hopefully you can get involved as well. So I hope you appreciated this conversation with Waco. If you did, we'd appreciate hearing from you. So if you do have some feedback, let us know. Drop a review in your podcast player of choice or send us an email at info at 
We're always glad to hear from listeners, both feedback on the show and suggestions for future guests. For this week's Psychomer Resource of the Week, I'd like to share the Psychomer course, Suicide and Military Members and Veterans. In this course, Dr. Craig Bryan, whom Waco mentioned in the episode, provides an overview of military suicide statistics and explains unique factors that may be related to increased rates in military suicide. You can find a link in our show notes. So thanks again for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find in the podcast app, as well as on the Psychomer website at psychomer.org forward slash podcast. While you're there, you can find hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are all committed to educating the non-military community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members, veterans, and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation and make sure to engage with Psycharmor on social media to let us know what you thought about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing and all rights to the show remain reserved by Psycharmor. Much appreciation to the team at Psycharmor that makes this show happen. Carol Turner, Vice President of Strategic Communications, who keeps me on track and is an outstanding guest coordinator, and support and transcript by Emma Atherall. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we request that you do, but make sure to let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode. And until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.